My Mac Podcast 290, A Tale of Two Thieves. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the MyMac Podcast, number 290, with the G-Men. That's Guy and me, yes, it is. Gaz. Hi Guy, how are you? Hey Gaz, how was, uh, how was your vacay, dude? Absolutely fantastic, thank you. Totally and utterly relaxing. I, I didn't spend as much time as I thought I might with my iPod Touch and the MacBook that we took up, but I used them for a few other things, so uh, yeah, but it was totally cool. And we had great weather. In the northeast well, of the UK, brilliant, brilliant. Well, were you were you like off the grid as far as the internet goes? Or? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I was actually quite surprised at the fact that I was getting a fairly good three G signal with um, my MiFi. Um, there was no actual link in the cottage that we were in, which overlooked the sea and uh, a castle. I could see in the distance. Oh, very uh, nice. Idyllic, pretty idyllic. Um, but the I, we was quite away from any any large town, and we was quite a way out from the nearest small town. You'd almost, we'd almost call it a village here, but Walworth is a town, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the 3G signal I was getting was pretty strong. Um, so I was quite impressed, but as well, I said we were so relaxed. I was uh, I was only really going online occasionally, just to check email. Yeah, check email, but um, you know, just have a quick look at uh, Twitter, see if anything was happening. Check the Apple website, see if anything was happening with the iPad announcements, because obviously that's uh, that changed over the last <laughs> week as well. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't they delay it again? Yeah, well, yeah, they they basically come out and said that we're going to be getting the the iPad in the UK at the end of May now. So, um, which is, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm, I'm kind of losing my heat. I'm buying one, to be perfectly honest with you, but um, that's another story. That's another story. Yeah. Any, any problems w- with uh, volcanoes in Iceland? Um, okay. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. My um, parents and actually my sister, they uh, and her partner actually went to the Canary Isles on the Tuesday before the Thursday that it occurred. Right. And obviously the longer it went on, the more concerned I was about them coming back. and they're, they're Or being able to come back. Or being able to come back because they're, uh, say, in the middle of the, well, not the middle, but they're pretty much out there in the Atlantic. Um, and we were you know, starting to think, oh, I'm going to have to see if uh, we're going to need to do something if they can yes. get to Spain. Send, send the Ark Royal. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I think it's pretty much settled down. They're not due to come back till next week, so they should be okay. So, well, thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I so didn't, it sounds I like you and you and you and just about everybody else in your family went on vacation. All pretty at the same much, time. yeah. It seemed that way. It seemed that way. And uh, I, I've got plenty of pictures taken. I'll have to upload, and I'll I'll send a link in sometime so people can have a quick uh, peruse or some of the photos we got. Well, that's fantastic. So, I mean, as long as you had a good time, though, I, I do have to admit that I, I missed you last week. I, I really did. <laughs> I did listen to the podcast, actually. It did make no, me... Owen, Owen, <laughs> Owen is great. You know, and, you know, like we were saying before the before the podcast, it's, it, and I have the same problem as well. Sometimes it's kind of hard to, to, to stay, <laughs> stay on track. Stay because, on track, yeah. Yeah, right. well, I mean, his, his mind just moves so fast that, you know, and then we end up going in, in directions that... We probably never really intended on when we started oh, talking about a particular subject, but it's always great to have Owen on. Absolutely. 
Well, I use, as I say, I used um, I used the MiFi, which I've uh, had over here, which is the the Novatel MiFi uh, unit, which um, I've got a um, a Virgin Media or Virgin Mobile data contract, and as I said, that linked up to the um, to the MacBook, and we watched a couple of no a an episode of Doctor Who while I was away because in the evenings when it's getting dark and you sit down and relax, and so uh, yeah, but I'm trying to rub that one in because we still haven't got the iPad, of course. No, that, no, that's if you're a yet. Doctor Who fan, of course. Oh, um, well, I was a, a big fan of which which one of them had the the big bushy hair. Oh, crikey! That that goes a ways back. I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking John Pertwee, but I don't think it would have been him. No, I think this was way back. Early, <laughs> I think it was early seventies. Well, it might have been John Pertwee then. He had this like long curly hair. It, it, fair, and, quite fair hair. Yeah, I think that was John Pertwee. He was actually one of my favorites. But I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail now. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I saw, you know, of course, here in the states, they were running. Uh, it was, I, I can't. It was Doc. It was Doctor Who, but there was some other smaller title that was associated with it, and I can't remember what it was now. Oh, is it the and, Sarah Jane? No, not Sarah Jane Chronicles, or oh, I don't know what it is. But I don't watch that. I don't watch that. Yeah, it was it was really weird. In a couple of episodes, I saw you know it, it was difficult for me to figure out what was going on. Now, of course, when you're talking about Doctor Who, um, everybody seems to have their their personal favorites. Yes, yes. And well, I actually quite like this new one. Um, he's he's a bit quirky. So when you get the series, uh, watch out for him. He's quite a young guy. Um, so he's the new Who. He's the new Who. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. He's, he's the new You Who, and he actually, <laughs> and he actually comes from Northampton, my hometown. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that that's cool. Did did you know him in high school? That's what, uh, that's yeah, what everybody he, he wants. He used to disappear all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Figures. Figures. Okay, well, as as you said at the very beginning, this is the MyMac.com podcast, not the Doctor Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> or the Gazmaz Holiday podcast. <laughs> the, the Gazmaz Holiday podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we did get some feedback recently. Yes. And one is from a uh, long, long time listener of the show. His name is BJ Bot, and he had contacted us and wanted to know how to record Skype. Now, there's 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 several different ways that you that you can kind of pull audio from you know different areas on your Mac and, and record it. And um, the, the one that that I think that I'm going to talk about is the one that, of course, that we use for the podcast. is what I use to actually record uh, Gaz. Gaz is part of the conversation through Skype. That will be me. That would be you. <laughs> and uh, what I use, it's, it's a program by a company called Rogue Amoeba, and you know, we'll, have a, we'll have a link in the show notes, called Audio Hijack Pro. And it's ridiculously easy to use, which is good because I'm ridiculously easy. You, you basically start it up, and it gives you this little tiny box. You, you set up your inputs, and there, there are two that you can set up automatically. And I set one to Skype and the other one to none because I record myself through GarageBand. And it does its thing. And after it finishes recording, I just take his you know, gas as part of the conversation, drop that into GarageBand, and, and kind of match us up. It, of course, depends upon how much recording you want to do through through Skype. Um, you know, if you've got lots of people coming on board, then um, it, that can make it a little bit more complicated. Then, you know, you, you have to start thinking about going through some sort of box so you can split out all the voices, which is not that easy in Skype. Um, but Skype's also got its own built-in recording software as well, hasn't it? 
Um, actually, I've never used that. Have you used that before? Yeah, I have used it, and you can. Um, there's also some software available. I'm going to have to do some digging because I can't think of the top of. Um, oh no, it's eCam. It's eCam. Uh, call recorder for Skype, and the eCam network. They also do some tools that, if you're just doing a two-way conversation, um, there's a couple of tools where you can actually split the MOV file, which is recorded afterwards, so you can actually split the tracks out from um, each from each Skype input yes yes so if you if you've just got a couple of people on if you've got more people on i'm not sure how how well it works it's still only going to record two it's only going to pull out two tracks but it will split the tracks um but it's a little bit it's a little bit confusing because it's actually it says split the movie uh, because it's an MOV file, which is is recorded, it does get a little bit confusing. But the the eCam call recorder um, software is is pretty neat if you've just got a you know a two way conversation. Is there is there any cost involved or is that, uh, no is that no just- no I think it's a free utility. Um, I, I think there's an upgrade, um, but I do <laughs> pretty much like you um, guy. I actually use um, Wiretap Studio. Um, which I just record both mine and your voice as pretty much as, as a backup. As, yeah, in case for whatever reason yeah, you know, my, my computer have, explodes. That's right, yeah, in case you get the real bugs. Well, because you actually do, you actually do some other podcasts besides the MyMac.com podcast. Yeah, but I, I don't. Did, I don't think we've ever gone into that. No, well, I, t- I tend to record those straight into because they're, they're generally um, – a couple of those I actually just record my own voice, so I don't need to use Skype. Um, and the other one, I get called in by somebody else on Skype who 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 does the recording. Who does the recording? Um, well, go I'm, ahead and, and go ahead and say what they are. Uh, the the normal podcast that I do, or the, you can find me fairly on a, a regular basis every week, is the For Mac Eyes Only podcast with Mike Potter. Yeah. The I also do a an occasional review. I don't do one every week or every other week when he puts out the podcast on the Mac Review Cast. Um, and also, I appear on the International Mac Podcast, IMP Podcast. Um, and again, that's not every week; that's occasionally. Yeah, I um, love that. I but, love that podcast. Yeah. Actually, wait. Now that now that I think about it, we did talk about that because we were talking about the yeah, drinking you, game. That that's they right. The drinking have. game. That's right. <laughs> that's that is that is such an, and um, the the great part. Most of the people that are on that podcast are from the UK. You now, occasionally, you'll have you'll have some guys on from Germany or France. But it's, it's, a, it's a mostly guy, guys from the UK, yeah, isn't it? There's a regular guy from Switzerland, and he does get regular guys on from um, over in the US as well. There's a couple of guys that uh, young, younger guys that uh, come on from over the US, so it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, that is such a fun podcast. But I, I, so, the, one, the for Mac eyes only, the one uh, that I regularly do, I, I tend to just do the uh, European stuff. I try and just concentrate on doing Europe. Yeah, that's what news and views from across the pond. That's right? the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. But as I say, I don't use Skype for really – I don't do any recording through Skype. The only time I record through Skype is like uh, today when I'm actually using um, the Wiretap Studio. Studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I have used the Ecamm uh, network uh, call recorder, um, and that can come on automatically, which can be a bit of a pain, actually. You have to be a bit careful because some of the calls it records, it records in fairly high quality, and um, you, can, you can see your, your disk space slowly going down if you don't keep a, a close eye on where they're being saved to <laughs> okay well anyway I, I hope that answers your 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 question bj basically we're as far as commercial software we're talking about two two separate solutions there's there's uh, audio hijack pro from rogue amoeba and wiretap studio um oh who makes that um that's the same isn't it isn't that rogue amiga as well 
Uh, no, Audio Hijack Pro is oh, by no, sorry, Rogue Media. No, yeah, yeah, sorry. And I think that's – is that Ambrosia software? That's right. That's Yeah, right. which – and you, know, you can find that at uh, – uh, I think it's Ambrosia SW, which probably means software. <laughs> Ambrosia SW.com. They've, they've got a bunch of great – I mean, they've been long, long uh, Mac developers. Yeah. Well, as has, as has uh, Rogue Amoeba. So I hope that answers your question, BJ. And the the other software which I briefly mentioned, which is the call recorder, it comes from ecam.com. That's E-C-A-M-M.com. Um, and it's just a, a – I'm pretty sure – I'm just having a quick look on the website. I'm pretty sure it's just a, a free download. There is um, – oh, no, there is a paid-for option. Sorry, no, there's a, there's a demo, and then there, it is a paid-for option. So there's three, um, three items there which uh, are all paid-for apps. Okay, well, we'll put we'll put uh, we'll put we'll put uh, links to all three of those all three of those um, pieces of software in the show notes. And you know, basically, I, I've used both Rogue Amoeba's um, Audio Hijack Pro and uh, Ambrosia Software's Wiretap Studio. And you know, which one is better kind of depends on on what your workflow is. So, and and there's there's demo versions of both of those as well. So you you can kind of download either one of them and, and see how well it works for you. Absolutely, but you you also record direct into GarageBand as well, don't you? So that's yeah, I record myself directly. You record into yourself into into GarageBand, yeah. So yeah. there's there's a few options. There's a few options there. Yeah, I wish uh, GarageBand would allow you to just bring Skype right into it. Maybe that'll they'll save that for iLife 10 or 11 or whatever they they call the next version of it. <laughs> All right, we had we had some more we had some more feedback. Uh, okay. somebody somebody was asking about how to connect two monitors to a MacBook Pro not in mirror mode. And one of the best solutions that I know of is and this ties right into our sponsor for the podcast Otherworld Computing. Is there a USB to DVI, HDMI, and VGA video display adapter? And as a matter of fact, right now it's on sale for uh, $59.99 down from $79.99. And one nice thing about this product is, I mean, besides just connecting up to a USB port and allowing you to connect to a monitor, they include the adapters to go to DVI, HDMI, or VGA with the product. And for, you know, it's 60 bucks, and you can have darn near any size monitor you want connected up to your MacBook or MacBook Pro. Now, can I ask a question, Guy? What's the, what's the reasoning behind saying he doesn't want it mirrored? Do you know? Uh, I think what, what they were asking, you know, they, they wanted to have two separate complete monitors and not use the the monitor with the MacBook Pro as as their workflow. They you know they want it. but now the the one limitation to the product from OWC is that it doesn't support OpenGL. So, you know, applications that require it are are going to be somewhat limited and you know some of the examples that I've seen that were there on the OWC site was uh keynote presentations, iPhoto slideshows, and iMovie, but if you're using it for, you know, you want to have mail on one screen and you want to have uh, a web browser open on another screen and, you know, have full access to both of them without having to, you know, overlay your windows, this is a great solution. And this is, of course, is um, on top of, you know, all of the modern... Am I being a bit dumb? I thought you could do that, actually, in display. Well, you... You can. I mean, there's a mini port display on 
or sorry, a, a mini display, mini port display, mini. Oh, it's on the MacBook Pro. Of course, I'm using my Mac Mini, which has got the um, the different ports, so it allows yeah, well, me to. I think the Mac. Well, doesn't the Mac Mini you have have a uh, mini DVI output? Yes, it, in fact, yes, it does. Yeah, and I think the newer ones also have the uh, the Display Port, the Mini Display yep. Port. So you can use the Mini Display Port option on your MacBook Pro for one monitor, and then the OWC solution for a second monitor. Okay, okay. I'm I, I'm just I'm just still thinking that I'm sure there's an option just to use a different uh, adapter, and then you can use a a different screen and, and work it pretty much as as you just mentioned. You you would have the menu bar on one. On your main screen, which you call the, call the primary screen, and then the the other screen is available to you to just you know throw um, throw whatever application you want over there. Well, you know that kind of leads into a question. Um, now, Apple, you can only have your menu bar on one monitor. Yes, and I mean, how handy would it be if you could have the menu bar for whatever program you have in your second monitor to be available there? That would be really handy. Well, there and is I, there is an application out there that allows you to do that, but I, I'm not sure how glitchy it is. I've got a feeling it's um, and I'm going to. Uh, it, it puts the full menu bar on a secondary. Monitor? Yes, yes. I yes. have never heard of this. Yes, I'm going to have to do some digging now. So get that in the show notes because I've I've, I've come you know <laughs> come back from holiday fairly relaxed and I've been fairly busy and just come in, um, but I, I'm I'll do some digging and, and see if I can grab that uh, that link. But I have heard one or two reports that it is a little bit glitchy, so you have to be a little bit careful how you use it. Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, the next time that Apple does a uh, system update to, you know, 10.6.4 or whatever, uh, is that going to break it? You um, never know with third-party software. Yeah, that's true. That starts, but, that could, that's, but that could happen with almost any third-party software, of course, couldn't it? Yeah, well, when they start, when they start mucking around with system files, sure. You know, I mean, when, when Snow Leopard first came out, there were a lot of people that had some problems, mostly due to third-party, you know, system extensions that work just great under 10.5. And without thinking, they upgraded to 10.6, and all of a sudden, those things stopped working. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the chance you take. But I, mean, think we, I think we discussed that a, a little while ago, didn't we? And we were, kind of, we were kind of talking about whether it was now the time to move over because um, it was fairly, uh, fairly stable. So... Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to have the problem, and you, you kind of let us <laughs> us at the cutting edge get in there and test it out for you before you jump across and uh, go to the new OS. But it, it, I mean, that that leads us down a whole different route about um, you know whether Apple should be actually releasing a, a product which isn't quite ready yet. So, well, yeah, but there's a slight difference between um, them releasing. Uh, an OS 10 update, you know, and whether it's a point update or whether it's you know you're going from 10.5 to 10.6, yeah, true. And having and having applications that may or may not have some problems, but in this particular case, most of the people that were having problems and going from 10.5 to 10.6 had these these system utilities that would you know put things in the in the menu bar or would change the way the Finder works or you know I mean they were basically messing around with with Apple's internals in OS 10 as compared to just having an application that they were trying to do work with. Yeah. And, you know, 
none of you know, I can't think of any of these developers that probably have access to Apple's OS engineers. So it's kind of a crapshoot on you know whether or not their stuff is going to work for the next major update. So no. tip, typically, if 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 you run these types of of utilities or you know, the, you know where it adds some kind of functionality to the operating system as compared as compared to like a, an application, it's probably best to hold off on updating your operating system until you get some kind of word from whoever it is that that makes the the system extensions Absolutely. that you're using. Absolutely, and while you were talking there, I've just done a quick search and i found it i think it's called that's second, why i kept talking I sec- you'd find it. <laughs> it's called second bar second bar who makes that uh i just well that i've i've found the actual item but i'll i'll see actually who makes it in a little while because it's so far i'm only getting links to it rather than uh, a link to the actual software itself so i'll come back to you with that um, okay well we'll have we'll have links in the show notes show notes the, the notes show notes for uh, my Mac podcast 290. Yes, the units. Now um, we're we're kind of coming up on sponsor time, but I think we still have a little more time. Uh, now over the last three to four weeks, we've been running a contest. Contest. I cannot speak today. <laughs> we've been running a contest with the good folks over at McCallie. You can reach them at at McCallie.com. And before we announce the winners, I want to make sure that that everybody knows what these prizes were that McCallie very generously offered to the listeners of the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, for the iPhone and the iPod, there was the PowerLink, which was an emergency charger for the iPhone or the iPod with a 2-gigabyte flash drive, and the PowerGo. 3-in-1 battery charger. 3-in-1 battery yeah. charger. And, and this sounds, was sounds cool, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was a total prize package of about 100 bucks, just right there. Cool. Very cool. Now, f- for the Mac... We had the tune fan, and I think both Owen and I were gushing about that. I think. That, <laughs> no, I think Owen said he wanted it without, so he didn't have to. Put his yeah, don't don't. He, did, he didn't even want to put the laptop on top of it. He just wanted to watch the the pretty blue lights. Um, I'll just that, say now he's a nice guy, but Owen, you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think regular listeners are already know that. Uh, but besides being a cooling fan. And you know, having a way to isolate the the bottom of, of a MacBook or MacBook Pro, which can get rather hot, uh, it also has built-in uh, stereo speakers and a subwoofer. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the other part was the trans cable, which was a USB to USB data transfer cable. Works between Macs, Macs and PCs, PCs and Macs, all kinds of things. And these two prices together were uh, about $150. And again, these were you know courtesy of the good folks at MacCali.com. And the winners of these two prizes for the iPhone and have, the iPod... Have we got a fanfare? <laughs> oh, we got to work on some sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a good time with that last week, too. I know. That's why uh, I went for it. <laughs> the winner of the iPhone and iPod prizes... Uh, the the winner is Sam Powell of St. Louis, Missouri. Sam, I will be contacting McCalley, and uh, they will be getting your prize out to you really, really soon. And the winner of the uh, the two Mac prizes, the Tune Fan and the Trans Cable, is Phil Paxman of Urbana, Ohio. I used to live in Ohio, and I have no idea where Urbana is, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, McCalley can figure it guy, out. Guy, guy, yeah. Don't ask me where it is. 
Well, I figured you knew everything. You're the traveling guy. <laughs> so those are our two winners, Sam Powell of St. Louis, Missouri, and Phil Paxman of uh, Urbana, Ohio. Congratulations to both of you. McCallie will be sending you your prizes toot sweet, as they say. Congratulations. And speaking of sponsors. We have a sponsor. Speaking of sponsors, we have a sponsor for this podcast. I, it's, think, uh, I think it's OWC time. It is OWC time. Otherworld Computing at MacSales.com. You can find all the, all these all this great stuff for your Mac or your iPhone and you know PCs as well at MacSales.com. So just go to MyMac.com, find the banner at the top of the page, and click it on through, brother. Go, Tim. Tell us all about it. Hey guys, thanks a lot. You know, one of the things that I like to do is take my MacBook Pro with me wherever I go. At least if it's going to take, you know, a couple days I'm going to be there or even a couple hours. I can't always get my work done for the most part with my iPad, so I still have to take my MacBook Pro. But you know what I hate to do? I hate to crawl underneath the desk, unplug the power adapter, wrap it up, put it in the bag. It's a lot easier if I simply had two power adapters. I always keep one in the bag, and I always keep one here in the office or in the studio. That way, no matter where I'm at, I can always recharge the, the battery on my MacBook Pro. But you know those MagSafe power adapters can be pretty expensive from Apple. Well, over at OWC, we have refurb units starting at $39. So if you've got a 13-inch MacBook or a MacBook Pro that uses the 60-watt adapter, $39. If you need an 85-watt adapter for the 15- and 17-inch MacBook Pros, $54.99. Now, if you want to charge in the car, you can get a 85-watt power adapter. It's a mobile one. It plugs into your cigarette lighter on one end, and it has the MagSafe on the other, $49.99. Really good deals. It's something that if you are a road warrior, if you're the type of person that takes your MacBook or MacBook Pro with you, you really need more than one power adapter. So it's a really good solution. Go buy another one. You can check it out at www.maxsales.com. In the meantime, I hope you're listening to OWC Radio. I am the host of OWC Radio. You can find that at owcradio.com and, of course, in iTunes. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, Tim, thanks a lot for that word from OWC. You can find them at MacSales.com. Just go to the MyMac.com website, click on the banner at the top of the page, and you will be off to Otherworld Computing. Gaz! Yo! I knew you were there. <laughs> I did. You know, um, one of the things... You could hear, you could hear me breathing. I, I did you? hear yeah. you breathing. I, I really, really did. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that, uh, that we touched upon, I guess, a couple of shows ago, but didn't go into great detail, and I think you had, you had spoken about this with, with David Cohen, but for the new listeners, uh, it, it's such a great story that I, I think we need to go over it again. Uh, your original introduction to the Macintosh platform didn't quite go as smoothly as it could have. 
Well, that's not strictly true. So I'll give you a quick timeline. Basically, I, I started off and I bought actually from eBay uh, an original Mac Mini G4. Oh, okay. Which and that a whole process went fine, but it was a, um, a power PC unit, and obviously, like everyone knows, once you've got a Mac, you, you're not going to stop. You don't have to then justify your upgrade to the next great machine and to go from the mac mini the next logical step at that point which was about late uh late uh 2007 my next natural progression was to go to an intel machine right and at that point it was one of these larger white the 24 it was a 24 inch that i was looking for 24 inch white imac yeah, it sounds like the kind i have yeah it was and i so i was scouring ebay and scouring ebay and and making sure that uh, I wasn't I was going to get something which was a bargain because there's no point in buying through eBay unless you're going to get a bargain right. but obviously but obviously you have to be fairly cautious and I was going to be spending you know a reasonable reasonable amount of money for this unit it wasn't going to be it wasn't like I was just trying to get a dirt dirt cheap unit I was prepared to pay uh, a reasonable amount sure. now at this point I hadn't really got into um the refurb store. Um, I hadn't really found the full potential of the refurb store, which was a shame because that's a great, a great place to go if you're looking for a Mac. Oh yeah, I, actually, as a matter of fact, the the last four or five Macintosh computers I've bought have been refurb models. Yeah, yeah. Well, my I've got a MacBook, and that's a refurb model, and it, it's great. Um, so basically, I'm scouring the uh, the bowels of eBay. The, the eBay, the bowels of eBay, and. <laughs> After having, obviously, a fairly good experience with eBay with the Mac Mini, which I'd actually traveled some way. Anyway, an iMac 24-inch came up, and I got it at what I thought was a reasonable price uh, compared to a new model of similar spec. And luckily, the person that I was going to be buying it from, I wasn't going to be paying by PayPal. I was going to go on collection, check the unit was working, make sure everything was kosher, etc., etc., pay for the cash, and then take the machine away. And it was fairly local. So I thought, bonus, absolute bonus. Well, how far away was it? Uh, about 15 miles. Okay, well, that's so not, not bad. Not, not far at all. So I go and collect this machine, and, um, you know, the, the, it seemed a little odd, but it wasn't particularly odd. I mean, it went through this, the eBay sale went through this particular um, seller, who was female, but that's irrelevant uh, to the story, although it becomes more relevant later. Um <laughs> And the the guy, it wasn't really her machine. It was her boyfriend's who couldn't make it at that time. Um, But he was on the phone and I was checking a few things with him and uh, everything seemed okay. The the machine was working. Um, One thing that I didn't know uh, at this point was how to confirm whether it was their machine or not. And I played a little trick, actually, later on, which we'll come to, um, for my next... Uh, um, process about getting uh, getting a, uh, a Mac product. Anyway, I bought this machine and two or three months later, after absolutely loving it, absolutely loving this 24-inch iMac and it was a, you know, it was the bee's knees. I now realise what I'd been missing um, in my computing world for the last number of years. But I, I got a phone call out of the blue when I was at work one day, and it was from a police constabulary down south. Oh, that's not a good sign. Mm, no. Mr. Malpas, yes. 
Did you purchase a iMac from eBay from our ex person at around this time last year? Why, yes, yes. officer, I did. Yes, officer, I did. Well, it seems that that particular uh, item was a stolen item. And to just quickly go over the story, this guy had basically, um, he, he was a one for the women, and he persuaded another female friend, partner, whatever you want to call her, to take out a loan and purchase this iMac, this 24-inch iMac, which was brand spanking new. Um, but he then basically left her, split up eventually, but he took the iMac with him. And he sold it on eBay via his new girlfriend. Wow. Who who was basically, um, you know, to cut a, a fairly long story short, because it did go on for a, quite a number of months. I mean, I actually ended up having this iMac for almost a year before it had to go back. Um, I, I tried to offer uh, the person who, the original owner, um, to pay for it. So I could say, okay, you know, let me give you an offer to pay for it again almost uh, because obviously if it went back I would lose out and I'd have to pay for another machine anyway sure um but this this person was still paying the uh loan that she'd originally taken out for the unit for the and full she basically price. Wanted, yeah for the full price so she wanted it back and I said fine you can get it back mind you I'd actually already updated it to snow leopard because it was a tiger machine sorry to leopard it was a tiger machine um so I it went backwards and forwards from the police and I the police actually were trying to be fairly helpful um but basically cut a very long story short I lost out and I lost out for quite a lot of money but I mean you know okay experience my wife said Look at it this way. You rented it, and it cost us a curry for the past number of weeks, and that's how much it cost us. Let's move on. And, you know. Well, what happened, what happened to the guy? Well, he got caught, of course. With another girl, um, probably. And, and he was, well, no, he, <laughs> he got caught by the police because he'd been stealing other products from companies as well. Um, so just a, real, just a real sweetheart of a guy. Scumbag, yeah, a real scumbag. The, the problem was, Guy, I I asked him a few questions after I'd got the machine, and he was really helpful. And he said, "Yeah, Macs are great, aren't they?" You know, this mind you, the one thing that he did say that I now know. Yeah, I bet. He said to me, "I've got loads of software if you want it." Yeah, I bet he does <laughs> at, at very reasonable prices. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, that's you know, it, it, the trick that I found was because I went on to have another good experience with ebay when i actually purchased a um a 16 gig uh 3g iphone for my daughter for a christmas present um actually she's paying some towards it as well so she kind of knew she was getting it but i i kept hiding and saying oh i haven't got one yet i can't find one but i had a pretty good experience but i asked the guy to give me the serial number of the phone etc etc i'd got all of his his details his address and everything and i initially rang up apple and um i'm not sure whether i should be saying this but I rang up Apple and said, can you tell me if this person is the true owner of this phone? And, of course, they couldn't tell me because no. it's data protection. So I played a bit of a sly sly one. I rang up and I said, um, yeah, I, I want to check whether I can purchase extended warranty on my iPhone. <laughs> they said, okay, so can you give me the serial number? And why, I gave why, them yes, I can. And your name is? And I gave them my name. 
<laughs> wasn't my name, but it was the name of the person who I was buying it from, who didn't have a problem with giving me all that information because he was selling it to me and it was kosher. Right. So Apple then said, okay, sir, yes, that all seems correct. Your extension is from this point. So I then knew that he was actually the truthful owner of that product. And that's possibly a way, because obviously Apple can't, can't just come out and say, yes, sir, this particular machine belongs to Mr. X. Um, so I did play a little bit of a coy way around it. But obviously with the previous experience, I wanted to make sure. Sure. <laughs> so, but, but now you're using, what, an Intel Mac Mini? I've got yeah. Well, I've basically got two Intel Mac Minis. Uh, one which I use as the main machine, which I've, is ramped up. I went in there and changed the hard drive. Got five hundred gig hard drive in there with four gig of RAM, and I've got another one which I kind of because this is the one that we all sit in front of and use. Um, th- so it's got all of our user details on there. And I've got another one which uh, I bought from a colleague, and uh, that actually sits in the garage and, and works as a an iTunes server um, because obviously I've got an Apple TV. Well, not obviously, but I have an <laughs> Apple TV. And it runs that, and obviously the the data just sits there, and um, we can access anybody can access that um, the music media right. uh, files at any point. Well, that's... But we also have that a refurb MacBook, which I got. Um, in fact, the refurb MacBook I actually bought um, during the period when um, I was going to be losing the iMac, the, the iMac because yeah. I thought if this goes, I'm going to need something to you know. Um, to move on to. But the whole experience, although it was dreadful, Guy, um, everything proved to me how you, how good the operating system is. And valuable because as obviously, well. Well, not only valuable, yeah, valuable, but the, the, the whole process, um, if I'd had a Windows machine, I'd, I've, I've experienced Windows before, and I just cloned, obviously, the iMac. So when I went over to the MacBook, for a, a short period, I was actually running off the clone drive on the MacBook from the, you know, the right. clone drive of the iMac before I finally moved everything over and, and uh, moved on. Well, what, did, what did you um, use to, uh, to bring the information in and out? Um, well, basically, obviously, I've got an external hard drive, and I, I think at that time I used SuperDuper. Okay, yeah. Well, you, you know, there's basically the, the two on the Mac market that most people use is either going to be SuperDuper or Duper. Carbon Copy Cloner. That's right. Yeah, and they're both very similar as far as their you know their free functionality goes. Um, yeah. you yep. can buy, you know, you can buy a version of both of these programs that'll do like scheduled backups and and things like that. Um, but these days, I guess most people, if they have an external driver, using Time Machine if they're running Snow Leopard. Uh- I would have thought so. I mean, but, you know, it doesn't do... I, I actually run Snow Leopard and I run uh, some super-duper backups as well um, because the time machine, it's good to... In fact, I did it the other day. I, I downloaded another version of some software and realized that I shouldn't really have done it. Um, it wasn't what I wanted. Um, the previous version was really what I needed. I just went into Time Machine and refreshed it, restored the old... The old, um, uh, the old version, application. right. Which is easy. Um, ridiculously however, easy. Yeah, ridiculously easy. However, I think it is a, a little bit more difficult if you have a problem and you have to then restore. So that's why I like having yeah. those uh, those spare cloned backups well, just uh, available. The nice thing about having a fully cloned backup is because it is possible for a a, a time machine backup to get corrupted. And if your time machine backup is corrupted, you know, you're you're – pretty much screwed as as far as as getting the data off unless you're willing to spend a lot of money so doing like a a once a week backup 
to a, a separate external drive. You know, if you're if you're you know really into making sure that your that your data is going to be safe, is not a bad idea. No, no. So that was my little experience on eBay talking about a stolen iMac article. <laughs> Talking about stolen Mac items. Yes, uh, there was. <laughs> now, now we're not we're not typically a uh, a news show, no. but no. but this is this is a little bit different. Uh, last week, uh, a story broke on Gizmodo, and apparently, in a bar, so I think in Redwood, California, uh, maybe that was not correct. It was at a German restaurant. And bar, which is you know just kind of weird all on its own. Uh, someone found an iPhone, and on further inspection, it turned out that that this iPhone was just a little bit different. I, I've been trying to think through what I would do, and I I think it's a real difficult one. But my conscience would, conscience would really push on me to say, okay, let's either try and get it back to the owner. Or get it back. Either hand it, yeah. hand it into the bar or, you know, being who we are and knowing the current Apple products, look at it and say, this is new. Yeah. And, and this needs to go back. Now, you know, that's me being holier than thou, possibly. <laughs> but. But but I think I think I would. I really wouldn't go down the avenue of then possibly trying to make money out of that product. And I believe that in California, it is in fact illegal. Yeah. Well, you're essentially at that point. I mean, the the, the legal line is is kind of vague on what would be considered lost or stolen property. Uh, I guess the the the. I, and and I agree with you. I, I think if if I had found it, I wouldn't have been looking to sell it to someone to a, like to a tech site like Gizmodo or TechCrunch or one of those other you know technology based websites that are all over the place. You know, including yeah. including mymac dot com. And uh, I, I agree. I think that it, that whoever it was that found it should have made some effort to you know because I'm sure there was there was a name that was associated with that particular phone. Now the question comes, was it password protected? If it's password protected, of course you can't get to the personal data, but on further inspection, obviously whoever it was that found the phone knew what it was he had found because he immediately tried to sell it to, you know, not only Gizmodo, but you said there was another site as well. Yeah. I can't remember who the other one was, but I, I, I believe that the, the second site, um, actually came back after discussion with their lawyers and said, no, not for us. Yeah. But I believe, I believe, you know, knowing that this was probably a prototype of some kind, I, I think I would have returned it to Apple as well. Um, now, to to kind of spin this on to the other side of it, um, all of these tech sites, yeah, you know, they're they're all looking for whatever the 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 next clickbait is going to be, whatever it is they can yep. get people to come to their site, and what could possibly be better than a prototype next generation iPhone? And I, I guess the only thing that must have been going through their minds at the time, you know, I, I doubt they were debating back and forth on whether you know the legality of it. 
they were probably trying to figure out, well, is this actually an iPhone or is this one of the, you know, the, the Chinese knockoffs that somebody had picked up someplace else? What do you think? Absolutely. Well, I, I, I agree with you. And to be honest with you, once they'd got the product in hand, I, I can understand them doing what they did with it. However, whatever the means were, the way they actually acquired it. gained that product, yeah. acquired it. Um, I mean, we have a phrase over here in the UK. It's called gutter press. Now, I'm not casting insinuations, but I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit like that. Um, but what really, and being away last week, I didn't really get to follow this story in its, you know, minutiae. Oh, it was, it was insane. I mean, there, yeah, there were story imagine. after story, but, but not did, just from Gizmodo, but from everybody else just commenting yeah, on the Yeah, but what I did story. hear, and what I thought was a little bit um, out of field, and something that really, is one of the reasons why I, I, I mentioned the word go to press is the way they actually mentioned the person who'd owned it. Yeah. Yeah, we won't we won't say his name here. No, no, absolutely not. You know, but I I, th- I think that was a little bit uh, a little bit underhand, and uh, the reason I, I think it's just uh, bad, you know, it's bad form. Bad form. Bad form. <laughs> and you know, but you know, you figure the guy's I, probably in enough trouble with Apple anyway, absolutely, absolutely. and now you're going to put I, his name out there as well. Yeah, I, I think that's you know it's just not on really, just not on. You've you've got the device. You're gonna you, you're bound to take it a bit. You're bound to take lots of pictures, and you know you may or may not get some kudos out of it. Um, personally, I think it's it's seemingly from what I'm hearing, it's kind of backfired on them a little bit. You know, a lot of people are going, you know, it, like I've thought, it's a bit you know gutter press, and it's just not what we want. But have we brought this upon ourselves, guy? Has has the Mac community brought it on itself because of the thirst for everything that is Apple? Yeah, I, I would say that's probably pretty accurate. You know, right now, if you look, if you go to to some of the major uh, sites, tech sites that, and, and I'm not just talking about sites that that focus entirely on Apple. Um, some of their some of their biggest stories are when they're able to get some kind of exclusive, either about Apple as a company, Steve Jobs. You know, I mean, you look at all the stories that that happened when he did his little disappearing act um, earlier, you know, like last year, or if it has to do with uh, a new Apple product, you know, whatever it is, if it's related to Apple and it's something that hasn't been out before, it gets it goes around the the tech press like wildfire and and whatever site it is that has that exclusive, you know, they they can kind of, you know, live or die based on the accuracy of, of whatever that particular article is. So, but you know, getting back to to the to the Gizmodo thing, I have to. You know, you were talking about uh, some some backlash to this story. I would like to think that the backlash isn't related so much to the product as it was them outing the the person that owned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that, because that's that's really that you know that part of it is the, is the part that really rubs me raw. That you know yeah. I can understand them having you know an exclusive like like an iPhone 4G, which they have returned to Apple by the way. Well, Apple sent them a letter, didn't they, requesting it back? Oh, once they oh knew they yes, it. yes, they did. <laughs> now, of course, all that did was verify that you know yes, yes, this was course. an Apple prototype. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that any of the features or functionality that Gizmodo was able to find 
on the phone before Apple disabled it, which happened, I think, within 12 hours. Yeah, I think it happened pretty quick. Yeah. Um, these features that, that Gizmodo was talking about that, that are on this phone isn't, doesn't necessarily mean that these are features that are, going to, that are going to make it to the next generation iPhone, which will probably be out in you know, June or July. If, you know, and if history shows anything, it'll be in June. What do you think? Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, you know, and we—is this a four G uh, prototype as well? We don't know. We just don't know. What do you mean four G um, as the, far as network connectivity? As, as, sorry, sorry. When I when I say four G, let's say the fourth the generation. Next generation. Okay. Yeah, next generation iPhone. Because it, it may be something which they're experimenting and move on and, and further beyond. I mean, no one knows. No one knows. I mean, because the breakdown of the device, I don't think, gave us a great deal more than we was expecting anyway. The shape of the device, some people are saying, well, you know. I, it's, well, it's slightly to be different. Honest with you, to, to be honest with you, um, Guy, you know, I'm, I've kind of got to the point where I'd prefer Apple now just to announce a product and go, let's go, wow. I'm, I'm almost fed up of going to these rumor sites yeah. uh, and hearing all about this stuff, which may or may not appear. Um, it's, well, it's there's, become, but there's no accountability. So if, no, if, they, no. if, if you know, web, website, you know, we're the greatest Mac website ever dot com comes out and says, you know, well, the next iPad is – going to have a, a camera and a you know a little a little vibrator that pops out and tickles your belly button and you know the next one comes out and it, it doesn't have the little vibrator Did that, Steve tell you about that then? well I, I don't want to spread any rumors oh, but okay. yes that the next iPad will have a little thing that pops out and tickles your belly button it's 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 a feature I'm so <laughs> who doesn't want that but you know if it doesn't have that it's not like there's a retraction six months later or whenever the device no, comes out no. they just kind of go they no, just shrug right. their shoulders right. and go oh well you know so that time we were yeah, wrong yeah. now I and, and, and as I said I, I'm get, I think a lot of people are getting bored it's all about click throughs let's be honest it's all about click throughs sure. so um, and I, th- I think the backlash on this is you know Apple will bring out the next generation and uh, we hope it'll have the things that we're looking for and Apple may well you know I think Apple know that they've got to move forward with the iPhone because there's a lot of competition out there now and uh, uh, you don't know how many prototypes are out there and how many different prototypes exactly. are out there because it could, they could have four or five different prototypes testing different variants uh, within the phone itself and, you know, we don't know. No, and, and we won't know until the actual product is released. Absolutely, absolutely. And on that note, uh, we need to end the podcast tonight, Gaz. Cool. So I, I'd like to thank you for 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 coming back from, vaca- from vacation and still. Uh, uh, I thought I thought I should. And still agreeing to be on the mymac.com podcast. <laughs> and uh, on the, and we'll see everybody next week. Uh, I want to give my congratulations to both Sam Powell and Phil Paxman for yeah, winning congrats. the Mac Halley prizes. And thanks again to Mac Halley for supplying them. And of course, thanks to OWC, Other World Computing, for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send off feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. <laughs>